One of the largest terrorist organizations in the Middle East calls itself Hamas, a word from the Hebrew language that means violence. The name betrays the tactics they use to enact their so-called political agenda. The word Hamas occurs six times in the short book of Habakkuk. When the ancient prophet looked around and saw nothing but violence, he dared to question God. Why, God? Why don't you do something about all the Hamas? That's when God answered Habakkuk in a surprising way. Look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. Then Habakkuk's faith traveled from doubt to a deeper place. I'm Ron Jones, and this is Something Good. Most of the Old Testament prophets spoke to the people on God's behalf, but one of them did just the opposite, speaking to God on the people's behalf. Hello and welcome to this Thursday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. I'm Brian Davis and thanks for tuning in. Well, the people in Habakkuk's day had plenty of burning questions. They wanted to know why there was so much injustice in the world why God's chosen people were being targeted by enemy nations. Today, Ron takes us to the book of Habakkuk, sharing some of the prophet's questions as well as God's answers as he continues his teaching series, Route 66, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. You can visit somethinggoodradio.org to listen to any of our broadcasts on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now let's join Ron for today's Something Good Radio message, Habakkuk, why God? A Danish philosopher named Soren Kierkegaard believed that we should define life backward while living it forward. <laughs> kind of sounds like a philosopher, doesn't it? Uh, but it leaves me wondering, how do you do that? How, how do you define life backward while living it forward? Perhaps if life was like the game show Jeopardy, it would be a whole lot easier to live because in Jeopardy, the host gives the, the answers, right? Gives the answers, and the contestants are to respond with the questions. Wouldn't it be wonderful if in life somebody gave you all the answers and you just had to come up with the questions? But life isn't like Jeopardy, is it? Uh, life is more like us uh, trudging through this world uh, with burning questions in our heart, and we're trying to find answers uh, to the questions, much like an Old Testament prophet named Habakkuk. Habakkuk is the next uh, stop on the ultimate road trip through the Bible, and Habakkuk, an Old Testament minor prophet, is a prophet of a different kind. What do I mean by that? Well, he spoke to God for the people instead of preaching to the people for God. Think about the difference there. Of the 17 major and minor prophets in our Old Testament scriptures, 16 of them brought a thus saith the Lord message from God to the people, not Habakkuk. Habakkuk is representing the people and he's bringing their message, really their questions, their, the burning questions on their heart to God. And uh, in that way, Habakkuk dared to question God about the many injustices of life. 
He, he's sort of like a, uh, a prosecuting attorney who's putting God on trial. Uh, the ancient prophet cross-examined the God of Israel, searching for answers to the questions that caused God's people to doubt their faith. Uh, can anybody identify with that? Well, of course we can. I mean, this, this Old Testament prophet is more relevant today or as relevant today as he was uh, uh, many, many centuries ago. He examined the violence, the evil, the injustice in the world and simply asked, why? Why, God? And why can't you do something about it? And for that reason, I call Habakkuk the question mark prophet. Now, we know little about Habakkuk personally. There's a lot of mystery that shrouds his life and his ministry. We know that he was an official member of the religious community. He was a prophet, probably trained up in the uh, prophetic schools. Uh, the musical notes found in chapter three of this, this short three-chapter book lead some to believe that he might have been a worship leader because the, the prayer in chapter three uh, was really meant to be put to music. Uh, we know from chapter 1 and verse 1 that many questions burdened Habakkuk's heart. Uh, it reads, the oracle which Habakkuk the prophet saw. It could also be translated, the burden which Habakkuk the prophet saw. One Bible commentary describes Habakkuk this way. It says, Habakkuk was a person of great faith and courage who dared to take the theological teaching of his day and test it against the experiences of his own personal life and of the nation. He refused to have simply a faith of the fathers that he received without reflection. He stands in a long line of godly people who dared to question God. I wonder if you're standing in that same line today. Do you have some uh, questions that burden your heart and perhaps cause your faith to falter a bit? Well, if you do then Habakkuk's your guy. Habakkuk's your prophet. And by the end of our time together, he's going to encourage us. He's going to demonstrate how to cling firmly to, to God and to embrace him by faith, even when life doesn't make sense. And maybe you're in a, a conundrum right now where, where something about your life personally, or maybe your view of this world you know, um, nationally or internationally. It's got you in a, in a state of confused faith and you don't know how to reconcile what you know to be true about God and what you're experiencing in real life. Well, the, Habakkuk is gonna help us process through that. His name comes from a verb in the Hebrew language, the verb habak, uh, which leads us to understand that his name means one who embraces so even though Habakkuk is going to begin in chapter 1 with a confused faith, by the end of our time together, he ends up with a triumphant faith, and he embraces his refreshed faith in God, even though God answered his questions in an unexpected way and in a mysterious manner. So with that in mind, uh, let's, let's go to chapter 1, beginning in verse 2, where Habakkuk begins uh, his complaint his questions, oh Lord, how long shall I cry for help and you will not hear me? Or cry to you, violence, and you will not save? Why do you make me see iniquity and why do you idly look at wrong? Destruction and violence are before me, strife and contention arise. So the law is paralyzed and justice never goes forth. 
For the wicked surround the righteous, so justice goes forth perverted. Wow, those are some bold questions, aren't they? And I would uh, summarize Habakkuk's questions this way. God, why are you silent? Why does God tolerate evil? And why does God allow injustice? Bold questions from an honest heart. Now, you may think this is uh, bordering on the, the line of being sacrilegious to bring these kinds of questions to God, to verbalize them to him as the prophet does. But actually, Habakkuk gives us permission to do so because whether you verbalize them or not, the Lord knows our heart. And we have honest questions, legitimate questions, especially as we observe the world around us. Habakkuk looked around his world and he saw nothing but violence and injustice and then he took his complaint on behalf of the people who felt the same way. He took his complaint to God. Uh, the word translated violence in chapter uh, one and verse two is actually the Hebrew word Hamas. <laughs> Where have you heard that? Yeah, it's the name chosen by a Middle East terrorist organization who wants us to believe they're, they're not about violence. But their name is violence. And if Habakkuk were living today, he might say, God, why are you allowing Hamas and Hezbollah and Al-Qaeda and the Taliban to terrorize the world around us? Can't you do something about this? The word Hamas occurs six times in this short book that's only three chapters long. And in chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, the Lord begins to respond to Habakkuk's questions in a surprising way. This is where you tighten your seatbelt a little bit as we're on this road trip. The Lord says, beginning in verse 5, look among the nations and see, wonder and be astounded, for I am doing a work in your days that you would not believe if told. For behold, I am raising up the Chaldeans, another name for the Babylonians, that bitter and hasty nation who marched through the breadth of the earth to seize dwellings not their own. The Lord basically said to uh, Habakkuk in response to his questions and his complaint, the Babylonians are coming, the Babylonians are coming, and I'm sending them. Now keep in mind uh, that even though we know little about Habakkuk, we can kind of pinpoint him in Old Testament history to where his ministry occurred just prior to uh, the first of, of three stages of Babylonian invasion. 605 BC is when that began. And at that time in Old Testament history, gone are the Assyrians, overtaken by the Chaldeans or the Babylonians, and the Babylonians have taken center stage as the superpower, equally as brutal and as cruel as the Assyrians were. And Habakkuk is beginning to hear a word of all the violence, all the cruelty, all the Hamas that is taking place around him. And the people are concerned. And he brings the questions and the burden and the complaint and the concern uh, to the Lord God. Nothing could have shocked Habakkuk's soul more than to hear the news, the Babylonians are coming. The Lord goes on to describe how dreaded and fearsome they are and how uh, they all come for violence. The Lord even compares the military machinery of the Babylonians to uh, three incredible creatures from nature. I'm just summarizing chapter 1, verses 7 through 11. Uh, they are as fast as leopards, as fearless as wolves, 
and as fierce as eagles swooping down on their prey. As you can imagine, this just raised more questions in Habakkuk's heart. Of course it did. Stay with us. There's still more to come from Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. You know you can listen to Ron's messages on demand on your schedule at somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, be sure to check out Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps. It's a free online discipleship coaching experience created by Dr. Ron Jones. Look for Something Good courses when you visit our new streaming platform. That's at somethinggoodradio.org. Again, Starting Point, A Disciple's First Steps, where you'll discover what it means to be a disciple and learn how to train others to be true followers of Christ. The prophet Habakkuk went to God and asked him several questions. He bemoaned the evil of his day and asked God what he was going to do about it. God gave him answers by giving him a vision. With the second half of today's Something Good Radio message, Habakkuk, why, God? Here's Dr. Ron Jones. Chapter 1 and verse 12. Are you not from everlasting, O Lord my God, my Holy One? We shall not die, O Lord. You have ordained them as a judgment, and you, O Rock, have established them for reproof. You who are of purer eyes than to see evil and cannot look at wrong, why do you idly look at traitors and remain silent when the wicked swallows up the man more righteous than he? <laughs> if Habakkuk were in a uh, seminary theology class, he'd get an A plus and an applause from the professor. He's got good theology here. Uh, he refers to the everlasting nature of God, to his holiness. He calls him uh, 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 the rock and, and so on and so forth. And, and he takes some time here now to appeal to God's holy character. He says, uh, your eyes, O Lord, are too pure to look upon evil. Therefore, how could you use a wicked nation like the Babylonians for any righteous purpose that you might have? Why, why does God look the other way when all uh, this evil is happening to good people like us. Why will God not use his power to stop all the violence? Now, these are questions that thinking people have in every generation. This is not some dusty old prophet that has no relevance to us today. He's asking the questions on behalf of the people that everyone has in every generation. Habakkuk has a difficult time, though, reconciling what he knows to be true about God. He's got good theology. Reconciling that with what he's experiencing in real life and with what God is telling him he's about to do. Furthermore, he's thinking, how am I going to explain this to the people? I mean, I brought the questions to the Lord. I asked, you know, Lord, what are you going to do about all the Hamas around us? And you want me to go back and say, you sent the Babylonians and they're going to invade? And, you know, and you know the story. It took him into 70 years of captivity. The God used the Babylonians to discipline his own kids. It doesn't seem fair to the prophet. And uh, he goes on to describe to the Lord how, you know, if you send the Babylonians, uh, your people are going to be like uh, defenseless fish caught on a hook. You fishermen out there will love this. 
or uh, defenseless fish trapped in a net by their more powerful and predatory enemies, the Chaldeans. It kind of reminds me of a scene from Deadliest Catch on the, on the Discovery Channel. Habakkuk is getting the full sense of what is about to happen to the nation as the Lord is sending the Babylonians to invade them. And he's saying, this just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair. Chapter 1 ends with Habakkuk's second complaint and no answer from God. And we come to chapter 2, which begins with Habakkuk assuming his uh, position as a watchman on the wall. He watches and waits for God to answer his complaint. Now, uh, historically and in ancient times, watchmen held a very serious responsibility uh, in these ancient cities. They would, they would perch themselves high upon the wall so they could see far out into the distance and they could, they could see any approaching danger and warn the inhabitants of the city in hopefully a timely manner. If the watchmen on the wall fell asleep or they, they didn't do their job, uh, much harm could come to the city. And of course, they would be blamed if, uh, if, they, if they fell down on the job. Well, God answers Habakkuk's second complaint as the prophet is found in chapter two, watching and waiting, waiting and watching for the Lord to respond, to tell him what's going on. And the Lord, beginning in verse two of chapter two, gives the prophet a vision. A vision of tomorrow, okay? Let's read it. And the Lord answered me, verse two, write the vision, make it plain on tablets so he may run who reads it. For still the vision awaits its appointed time. It hastens to the end, it will not lie. If it seems slow, wait for it, it will surely come, it will not delay. Behold, his soul is puffed up, it is not upright within him. But here's the vision, ready for this? but the righteous shall live by his faith. The Lord is describing the, the vision and the time that the Babylonians will come. It may delay, it may take some time. Habakkuk, just watch and wait. There's some instruction to us here with regard to faith. Uh, the walk of faith tends to be a lot of watching and waiting, waiting, and watching for the Lord to do uh, what he says he will do. And God tells Habakkuk to record the vision so that others um, can run with it like a herald. Now I could pause right here and, and just kind of go off in this direction on some kind of leadership principles about vision casting and the importance of making it clear. And I've, I've learned over the years as a pastor and as a leader to be clear about the vision, make sure we have the Lord's direction, but then to communicate, write it down, you know, so others can understand it, so they can pick it up and run with it like a herald, right? A herald is somebody who, who proclaims something. Uh, great leadership principles there, the importance of clear vision and clear direction, and sometimes waiting for the vision to become a reality. The vision is a picture of tomorrow that produces passion in us, and uh, sometimes it, it takes a while, but you want everybody to pick up the vision, to be as passionate as the leader is, and, and to run with it, okay? And this is kind of what the Lord is saying to, to Habakkuk. Write it down, wait for it to happen, make it plain, but he says, here's the vision. The righteous 
shall live by faith. Habakkuk, I know you have questions. I know the people have questions. They're legitimate questions. They're good questions. But if I were to explain to you what I'm about to do, you wouldn't believe it even if I told you. And it might even generate more questions. So there are some things in life, Habakkuk, you're just going to have to walk by faith. The necessity of faith is a, is a powerful and transformational theme in the book of Habakkuk. And really all throughout the scriptures, friends. You can't take faith out of the equation. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 6 says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. And Habakkuk, because you will not completely understand my ways and what I am doing, I, I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, you got to walk by faith. You got to walk by faith. By faith and not by sight. Trusting God, even when his plan doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. And the sense of it may or may not come in this lifetime. The sense of it, even if it does come in this lifetime, may, may take a period of waiting and watching. Watching and waiting. And even then, you may not completely understand what I'm doing, Habakkuk. It reminds me of Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9, where the Lord says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. The righteous shall live by his faith. Now that phrase is really the centerpiece of Habakkuk's message. If you don't get that, you, you, you won't get the rest of the book. And it appears first in chapter 2 and verse 4, and then that phrase, the righteous shall live by faith, echoes three more times on the ultimate road trip through the Bible. I'm now into the New Testament, where this pivotal phrase and concept in the Bible, the righteous, those who are right with God, live by faith, not by works, but by faith. Three times in the New Testament, it echoes. Twice in Paul's writings and once from the writer of Hebrews. Do you have questions for God today? Do you wonder why he tolerates so much evil in the world? He may give you answers, but he will not give you all the answers. That's where faith comes in. As the prophet Habakkuk said many times, the righteous shall live by faith. You are listening to Something Good Radio and today's message, Habakkuk, Why God, along with all of Ron's messages, can be heard on demand on your schedule. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Check out the Something Good digital library with more than 500 hours of Bible teaching from Dr. Ron Jones. That'll help you in your journey with Jesus. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. You know, the power of prayer is undeniable. And today we'd like to pray for you. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org anytime to share your request with us. Click on Explore and then scroll down to the How Can We Pray For You option. That's somethinggoodradio.org. We also want to say thank you. Why? Because your prayers and financial support make it possible for Ron to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Your donations do make a difference. And when you give a gift this month, Ron will say thank you by sending you a new resource that goes along with this current series, Route 66, 
the ultimate road trip through the Bible. It's Ron's e-book based on the 12 minor prophets of the Old Testament, covering the books of Hosea through Malachi. Request this digital download when you make a gift to Something Good Radio. Donate online at somethinggoodradio.org, or you can mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And without chapter 3, Habakkuk would just leave us in a state of, well, confused faith in chapter 1 and a waiting faith in chapter 2. But I love, I love chapter 3 because it's all about a triumphant faith. And in chapter three, Habakkuk's faith turns a corner. He experiences a breakthrough. The dark clouds of doubt and despair begin lifting. He prays. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones talks about triumphant faith in part two of his message, Habakkuk, Why God? Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying so long and thanks for listening.